Well, hello again and welcome to Northwood Young Adults. My name is Jacob and we are so excited that you chose to watch this video with us. I get the incredible privilege of introducing my beautiful wife, Caroline, to you. And this week, I really believe that she has an awesome word prepared for us and that the Lord really is going to show you something special through this story. So if you would, go ahead and get settled in and I'm gonna turn it over to her. Hey everyone, I'm so excited and honored tonight to have the opportunity to share with you guys. I want to share a story with you about the power of perseverance, faith, and commitment. Whether you're in a season right now where you feel like you've prayed for something a million times and it just isn't happening, or if you have everything you could ever desire, I believe there's something for everyone. Tonight, we're going to be learning about a woman who showed perseverance, faith, and commitment. We'll be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 1. To give you an idea of what's going on, there's a man named Elkna who had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had multiple children, and Hannah had none because the Lord had closed her womb. Each year, Elkanah went to make a sacrifice to the Lord, and he would give a portion for Penina and her children, but he'd give a double portion for Hannah because he loved her. In these days, if a woman was unable to conceive, people would consider them to have some type of fault or sin that is keeping them from having children. If a woman was not able to have children, then she was pushed out of the communities, and it was almost like a social death. Due to Hannah not being able to have children, this caused tension between her and Penina. We read that Penina would provoke Hannah to the point where Hannah would cry and would not eat. We're going to pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep, and why do you not eat, and why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? Now we see in verse 7 that this went on for years. It wasn't a one-and-done type of deal, but it was continuous. I want to reread verse 8, but I'm going to come back to it in a minute. It says, And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep, and why do you not eat, and why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After reading those verses, it's clear to us that Hannah is visibly upset. Year after year and time after time, she is reminded that there is something she wants and desires, yet she doesn't have it. And at this point, the possibility is kind of out of the window for her being able to conceive. I think we've all been there. There's something we desire so badly, and in the moment it might seem like everyone else has what we want. Everyone else is reaching their goals, and their dreams are coming true. But for us, the dream is just growing more and more faint and seems even more impossible. Let's keep reading. This is 1 Samuel 1, 9-11. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Here we see Hannah and Elkanah have finished eating and she is now on the doorpost of the temple. Hannah is distressed. This prayer that Hannah's praying is one that's being spoken through all of the hurt, all the jealousy, the tears, the sleepless nights, and most likely the anger. I can just imagine Eli, the priest, seeing this, a lady sitting on the steps in distress. I wouldn't have even known what to do. But I also imagine that my prayer would sound much different than Hannah's. 
My prayer might sound more along the lines of, Lord of hosts, look on me, remember me, look at everything I don't have. Look at all these things I'm wishing for. Do you even hear me? Do you see my pain? Why can't I have this? Yeah, I totally understand that. And I, I honestly think that, that my prayer would look like that too. But the amazing thing about this story is that Hannah's didn't. Hannah prayed, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget me, but give me a son, then I will give him to the Lord all of the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Man, what faith. Could you imagine asking the Lord to give you something and then saying, once you give it to me, I'll give it right back. Many times I ask the Lord for something and, and then when it's given to me, I quickly take full control of it and forget where it even came from in the first place. But this isn't the ca case with Hannah. Hannah is at such a point of desperation that, that she's willing to do whatever, including giving the child back to the Lord. I think there's something we can learn from that. She isn't saying, give me this child so that Penina will stop bothering me, or, or give me this child so that I don't feel so isolated in this world. But she's praying, give me a child so that I can in turn give him back to you. Her heart is in a place of humility, saying, God, I know this can only come from you, so I will in turn give it right back to you. I can't imagine how hard that must have been. Sometimes we find ourselves praying, Lord, if you would just grant me with this job so that I could be more financially stable or, or just give me this so that I can have that or have more. We tend to focus on the I in prayer rather than focusing on the one who even gives us the breath to pray. We need to imitate Hannah and pray, Lord, grant this to me so that I can in turn honor you through it and give it right back to you. Yeah, so the next few verses I'm going to summarize for you. Um, so as you read, Hannah's praying, but in the Bible it says that she was speaking it in her heart and that her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Remember how I said Eli the priest was there? Well, he's still there, and he's like, this lady is crazy. <laughs> and he even said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put away your wine. I know personally if someone accused me of being drunk while I was actually just upset, um, and to the point of desperation, my head would probably explode. But here again, Hannah responded with grace. We're going to read 1 Samuel 1, 15 through 18. It says, But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said to him, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. So right there we see Hannah has just told Eli that she is not drunk, but her spirit is troubled, and she even admits that she's been speaking from a place of anxiety and vexation, which just means to be annoyed, frustrated, or worried. I think we've all experienced that these past couple of months. We're living from a place of worry, you know, that we might get sick or frustration that all the stores and salons are closed. And personally, I can't go my entire life without having my hair cut or my eyebrows done. So I understand that. But Hannah recognized that this is how she had been living. She had every reason to be frustrated, annoyed, anxious, and worried. She understood, but she still prayed and asked God, grant her a son so that she could give him back. Eli saw that she was not drunk indeed, but she was praying. And he responded with, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition. 
There are two things that I think are really cool about this story. The first thing that stands out to me is that Eli answered, go in peace. Many times, I feel like when we ask the Lord for something to be granted, we can feel selfish or guilty for wanting something so badly for ourselves. How nice would it be for someone just to say, go in peace. But this peace could have been peace in having our prayer answered, or it could have been peace in knowing that even if it didn't get answered, that God was still good and he had a better plan. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I think is really cool is that the Bible does not say if Hannah told Eli that she was asking the Lord for something. She just simply said that she was pouring her soul out before the Lord. But Eli answered her saying, may the Lord grant your petition that you made to him. I don't think it's just happenstance that he said that either. We're going to keep reading 1 Samuel 1, 19 through 20. They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. I just love everything about that section. It says they rose early in the morning and they worshiped before they went back home. In that moment, they knew that that's what they needed to do. They needed to worship whether they had the son or not. Verse 19 goes on to says that the Lord remembered her. And that's something that my heart wants for all of us. I want the Lord to remember us when we are so hurt that we can only turn to him. And I want him to remember us that when we feel so isolated that we know he's the only way. But what is even more amazing to me is that Hannah remembered who this blessing was coming from. She remembered crying out to the Lord, asking him for a child. She remembered feeling so isolated and worthless. She remembered every single feeling, and yet she kept her promise, and she named him Samuel, which means I have asked for him from the Lord. And as we continue to read, you'll see that Hannah gave birth, and she only kept Samuel long enough so that he could be weaned from milk. And Elkanah even tells her in verse 23, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. What I love is that Hannah takes Samuel to the temple along with the sacrifices and she sees Eli the priest again. The same Eli who called her crazy. And she is filled with excitement and says, I am the one who was praying to the Lord in your presence. This story is finishes in verse 27 and Hannah says, For this child I have prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. What a cool moment that would be for Eli. Because of Hannah's perseverance, faith, and commitment, he was able to see Samuel raised in the temple. He was even able to see firsthand the Lord establish Samuel's words. Mm -hmm. That's because Hannah put her own desires to the side and fulfilled her promise of giving Samuel back to the Lord. And then we even see Samuel went on to anoint Saul as king and even David. And those are names that are very popular throughout the Old Testament. These are the stories we hear in the Bible. But what would happen if Hannah had stopped trusting and believing? What if she didn't give Samuel back to the Lord? I want to go back to the end of verse 8 where Elkanah asked Hannah, Am I not more to you than ten sons? I really think that this is something the Lord is wanting all of us to answer. Even if we don't get our dream or our desire, does he not mean more to us than any of that? That's not saying to quit praying or quit believing or to quit asking. It just means what he did on the cross was truly enough. Mm -hmm. If he never did anything else or answered another prayer ever again, 
we still have more than enough because we have him as our Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we really have to get to a point of being able to, to posture our heart in a way that says these three, three, these three things. Number one, God, I'm, I'm crying out to you. God, I'm crying out to you, knowing and trusting that you are the only source. You are the only one that can answer this prayer. And I think number two, we have to get to a place where we can say, God, if or even when you answer my prayer, I'll give it back to you. God, if I do get this job, I'll honor you through it. If I do get this raise, I'll give it right back to you. Put this in your own context. God, if you do answer this prayer, I will in turn honor you and give it right back to you through it. And I think the last thing that we need to understand and be able to get our place, be able to get to is this. We have to be able to trust God with the result. We have to be able to trust God with the result. And we have to know that either way, the cross was enough. We have to trust that his will is it's greater than our own and that he doesn't need to do anything more because the cross was enough. I really hope this message spoke to you this week. And I hope that you'll begin to pray bold prayers and trust in the Lord to see you through whatever situation you have. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for uh, this word that you've placed upon our hearts. God, I just thank you for the story of faithfulness, the story of, of bold prayers, Father, and just the fact that, that you are faithful in every situation, God. I pray that we would start to understand that and that we would really grasp that concept of faithfulness and trusting you with our entire lives, God, with our entire wants, our entire desires. God, will we start laying them at your feet and saying, God, whatever the result, we trust you. Father, we trust you. We love you and honor you. And in your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, here at Northwood Young Adults, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. So I hope that when you clicked on this video, that you did so with an open heart because you have been prayed and you've been prepared for. So we want to point you to youngadults.guide for great resources for you during this time. And also, we want to point you to our podcast, 20 for Your 20s. Uh, we have a new episode every Friday, and you can find it on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. We love you guys. Go change your world.